Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside my good friend and trusted agent, Anthony Broom, coming to you on a Thursday. Uh, this is the second time we're recording this intro. Michigan got breaking news. In the middle of our podcast, which is fantastic news, Namari Burnett, Alabama guard transfer, is headed to Michigan. Jawan Howard with a big pickup there in the transfer portal. So we're going to talk about that at the end. We already recorded that segment, but re-recording the intro here. Uh, we're drafting spring game storylines today, Anthony. Uh, we already did this, but we went back and forth. We got 10 spring game storylines that we break down uh, for all the people out there. We're also going to talk about Namari Burnett and what that means for the Michigan basketball roster, what it means for the backcourt, what it means potentially for Kobe Bufkin's decision moving forward. And, you know, does that entice Hunter Dickinson to want to come back? All that stuff we hit on here. Make sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. If you're excited that Michigan is active in that transfer portal and got Namari Burnett out of it, subscribe to our channel as we climb towards 22,000 subscribers. Hit us up at thewolverine.com for all of our coverage. Around the clock, we're running our spring ball special that started today. $10 gets you premium access at the Wolverine for four months. So a great deal there. Uh, that is only good until Monday. So make sure to take advantage right now uh, and, and do that. But uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And we will get into the rest of the show. We are brought to you by Andy Ludke of My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while you work your current job? Are you wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership, you can contact Andy at www.myperfectfranchise.com. We have that site pulled up here for the people watching on YouTube. You can hit him up on the phone at 404-973-9901. Email him, Andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or book a time with him on his calendar on the website there. That is pulled up on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Andy, fantastic guy. Uh, we sat down with him a few weeks ago. He gave us all the ins and outs of what he's doing. He aligned with what... Uh, you know, we believe in him, so we wanted to partner with him, and here he is a sponsor on our podcast. So go check Andy Ludkey out, my perfect franchise. Great people over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're curious, just just check it out. 100% free to uh, get a little consultation there. Um, Anthony, let's move into Michigan spring game on Saturday. We'll be back in the big house. As we said, we'll go back and forth here. We will draft some storylines. We will hit on each of them quickly. Uh, and I will say this in terms of a ground rule, you know, a guy gets mentioned in, in a storyline. We can still mention a guy later in a different storyline, you know, um, you know, just so we're not overlapping there, you know, with the exact storyline. But, you know, guys are going to get mentioned uh, in a couple different things. Um, so that's kind of how that will go. And I will give you the first pick, the champion of our uh, spring game mock draft this year. <laughs> um, 
Well, I, I'll start with this one. I mean, it's kind of been, I don't know if I'd call it the story, but it's the one I'm the most interested in seeing. So it will go first off the board for me is the Amorian Walker experiment at cornerback. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, six, six, three, six, four, uh, elite athleticism and agility. Uh, he is someone that uh, we thought might crack the rotation at wide receiver. Turns out coaching staff wants to give him a shot at cornerback. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh went as far as to call him one of the starters um, on the roster as early as I think maybe, I think we talked to Harbaugh maybe two or three practices in. So um, they're happy with what we've seen out of him. I think he's going to play a lot because we don't expect to see Will Johnson on Saturday. Uh, he'll play a lot. Uh, Jaden McBurrows will play a lot. Miles Pollard will play a lot. We know Mike Sainer still has been moving back and forth uh, between nickel uh, and corner, but Amorian Walker to me, you know, there's a lot of smart football people in that building and all of them. I haven't heard one person even hesitate to say that they don't think he can be something special at that position. So for me, it's Amorian Walker and you know how he performs and you know so if he doesn't perform well it doesn't matter you've got another few months in the lab you've got a full fall camp you've got a full season i liked what jesse minter said the other day when we talked to him to where listen like we're gonna put him in the best spot to be successful you know when they play the games against penn state against ohio state against michigan state college football playoff beyond all that it doesn't matter what he looks like you know against east carolina they want him you know the path for him is to be a steady riser, similar to how Will Johnson was last year. Yeah, so we can take corners just kind of off the board. I would say, you know, just kind of all of the corners in that competition. I, we're not going to see Will Johnson likely would be shocked, but um, I, I agree with you. I had that near the top of my board, Amorian Walker, uh, what we're going to see out of him. I think he's going to be kind of that guy that everybody's watching when he's on the field on defense. Um, I thought this was interesting too. So Jesse Minter was talking – the other day about a Moran Walker. And, and he says, you know, when you see a six foot three corner in the NFL, you kind of wonder, okay, what is this guy lacking? You know, does he not maybe have the, the, you know, be able, ability to, to change directions? Does he not have, you know, the speed necessarily uh, in a Moran Walker, I think is what Jesse Minter was getting at has the chance to be the complete package. And Jim Harbaugh called him a potential unicorn if he puts it all together. So that's a great pick. All eyes are going to be on Amorian, and I'm excited to see what he does, what Jaden McBurrows does, what Miles Pollard does, what's on, what Keyshawn Harris does, who's a, uh, a walk-on who people are talking about, and kind of where things are, are going as they head into summer um, you know, at the cornerback spot because it's really that big position group that we've talked about all offseason so far that Michigan needs to figure out. Uh, my first pick is – so I was thinking like, I, I'm just going to keep it simple here. You know, I just lost a draft, you know, I want to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, overthink it here. I'm not going to overthink this. It's JJ McCarthy. Uh, you know, just watching what he does, uh, seeing him out there with his added 10 to 15 pounds, how he's moving around. He's not going to be live. He's not going to get hit. Uh, you know, he may scramble. And, and if someone gets close to him, they blow the whistle. They give him what a five yard pickup or whatever it would be. Uh, but I just want to see him out there, see the the chemistry with his receivers, um, you know, see him maybe lead a touchdown drive, something that Cade McNamara was unable to do in what four series last year. Um, and in hindsight, you know, we were saying coming out of that Cade thing when he kind of struggled there and, you know, had a drop or two, I think we, we were kind of saying it doesn't matter at all. It's too small of a sample size. Maybe that was the beginning of the pressure kind of getting to him. I don't know. It's impossible to know. And probably Cade doesn't even know, but JJ is, 
the guy, you know, he was talking about how everything feels effortless this spring. He's not in a competition. Uh, you know, it's just kind of his offense right now. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with him. I imagine he'll play for both teams like Cade did last year, maybe wear a white uniform while the two teams are split in maize and blue and, uh, you know, see what he does with the, with the guys that he has out there. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, potential all-time QB, maybe for the first quarter, quarter and a half of this game. And then, you know, there is a legitimate, uh, you know, le- legitimate position battle behind him. Maybe that comes up a little bit later. We'll find out. Um, you know, for me, yeah, it's JJ. That's that's a solid pick, given the fact that, uh, listen, these, these spring game playbooks are going to be vanilla. We know that it's not, you know, you won't see the bells and whistles, but it also sometimes can devolve into a little bit of playground football and improvisation. And I think those are the areas of JJ McCarthy's game that, you know, we know he's got a good arm. He's accurate. Uh, Michigan has had quarterbacks, maybe not at the same time uh, all the time that have had those traits. But I think what separates him in terms of Harbaugh era quarterbacks is, you know, is the playmaking ability. And listen, they're not going to put him in positions to get hit, especially, you know, I don't know what the teams look like. Uh, you know, it might not matter uh, if, it, if he's all-time QB, but you know, they're not going to let you know six foot four, three hundred forty-five pound Kenneth Grant get a free run at JJ McCarthy. It's Kenneth isn't getting anywhere near him. Kenneth is not getting anywhere no. near him. I, I agree no. with you. I think we're going to see a wild play from JJ that we're all kind of talking about. He's going to yeah. try to do it too. He's not going to be like I don't think he's going to worry too much about throwing a potential pick. Like maybe he will throw a pick because he's going to get risky. I think. He's going to get out of the pocket and no one can hit him out there. And he's going to make a crazy throw. It's either going to be completed or not, but uh, he's going to try to do something crazy. I think I'll, I'll throw yeah, that cut, out there. cut him loose. I mean, this is a competitive game. I mean, the coaching staffs are split. The roster split. Uh, if you want to win this game, may as well unleash the best offensive weapon that's available. No Donovan Edwards, no Blake Corum. So yeah, I mean, I'll stop short of saying he's going to put on a show, but I'm with you. I think that we will see some, at least one impressive play that gets clipped uh, and, and goes viral uh, within Michigan Twitter. All right. What's your second pick? Second pick. All right. Uh, I might, I guess I'll just second pick will be the guy that we just talked about. Who was the first overall pick in this entire draft? And that's Kenneth Grant. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I did a, I did a serious hit earlier today and they made a point where, um, you know, they talked about our spring game draft where I did win uh, handily, I might add. Um, but they talked about like when uh, I think it was I think it was Matt Schick I was talking to who said they used to do Nebraska spring game draft and they would draft based on the guys they thought would play the most. So the boards look different, like you wouldn't necessarily take a J.J. McCarthy first overall like like I was able to do. So um, maybe that's part of why Kenneth Grant was the first overall pick in Michigan's actual draft. And, and we Jesse, know, I mean, Jesse Minter said that too. He said the drafting, he, they wouldn't disclose really anything about each team, but he said on Tuesday that they drafted based on who's going to play a lot. So I think we're going to see a lot of Kenneth. It's still a huge storyline. And the fact that he was the number one guy out of that group is still really encouraging. I think. Yeah. And, and by all accounts, I mean, listen, Mozzie Smith headlined Bruce, uh, Bruce Feldman's freaks list last year. I think Kenneth Grant was on it somewhere too, but yeah, he was the fact that 47, I think 47. Yeah. I mean, we're probably a year or so away from him you know, really being towards the top of a list like that. But if he's anything close to athletic, uh, close to as athletic as Mozzie Smith is, and hopefully maybe even a little more disruptive. Um, I think he's, 
that's a plug and play solution at the nose. And I'm not, you know, that's not a position I'm worried about at all over the next few years. So, but then again, Minter also made the point, you know, Mozzie didn't play meaningful football till his junior year. Chris Hinton didn't play meaningful football till his junior year. So, you know, just because a guy has been in the defense doesn't always mean that he's going to be automatically just a plug and play guy just because he's been there and because, you know, he looks the part. I'm ex- I'm, I'm so intrigued. Uh, and I guess the theme of my first two picks have been promise and tools and, you know, things we've heard about them behind the scenes. I, I'd love to see where they're at in that experiment. So uh, Kenneth Grant it would be my number two pick there. No, I like it. I, I wrote about this for a story that people can check out at thewolverine.com, but the 10 defensive players that have the most to prove in Saturday's spring game, and Kenneth Grant was one of them, and I mentioned what you're talking about, and this isn't a bad thing, but there's been a lot of hype about Kenneth Grant. It's actually a really good thing throughout his, you know, really since he committed, but especially since he got on campus and Jim Harbaugh called him a gift from the football gods. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of seeing him in, in doses last year, he played 100 of, 104 of a possible – I think 903 snaps. So, you know, it was very small uh, sample size for Kenneth Grant last year. Now you're starting to see even more hype, but it feels like it's getting closer and closer to being uh, tangible, you know, production on the field. He's now the number one pick in this spring game. A team wanted him on their team, you know, first out of this group of younger-ish guys that are going to play a lot in this game. So I'm excited to see Kenneth, kind of what he does, and he's probably going to be another guy we're talking a lot about come Saturday night when this thing is wrapped up. Um, my next one is I could split it into two. Um, I'll let you make the call on this, but it's watching either the transfers or the early enrollees. Do you, could this be one thing and just be the newcomers or do we want to hit on these separately? You could probably just say newcomers. I mean, okay. So yeah, we got yeah. 11 newcomers that I would expect to play in this game a few injuries we can start with those drake nugent miles hinton that's no secret with those guys uh having off-season surgery they both stand uh transferred in from stanford on the offensive line cole cabana early and rolly freshman running back he posted a photo recently of him his leg in a cast so anybody who's even semi banged up you would expect they get held out of this game so wouldn't expect cole cabana's debut to happen so far but here's a list of guys that we would expect to see first impressions of in a winged helmet. Quarterback Jack Tuttle, tight end A.J. Barner, edge rusher Josiah Stewart, linebacker Ernest Hausman. Uh, those are the transfers. And then running back Benjamin Hall, wide receiver Frederick Moore, wide receiver Samaj Morgan, tight end Zach Marshall, offensive lineman Amir Herring, cornerback Cameron Calhoun, cornerback Jair Hill. Um, I think that's the list there. So uh, excited to see all those guys. It's the first time, and I think – when those guys are kind of sprinkled in on the field, uh, you know, we're kind of going to be honing in on those guys because we want to see what they can do. Is tight end A.J. Barner, you know, kind of that next guy that's going to be able to step up and play a huge role along with Colson Loveland at that position? Is quarterback Jack Tuttle going to win the backup job that you kind of referred to later? And maybe that's a storyline that we talk about. But Josiah Stewart, how is he moving, getting around the edge? Is he, you know, getting to the, the quarterback? I assume guys like Tuttle – and Davis Warren are going to be live. So they, there could be some sacks in this game. Ernest Hausman, continue to hear buzz about him, and, and Jesse Minter kind of propped him up the other day. But especially the transfers, I'm excited to see. And then just the young guys, how do they move out there? How do they look physically? Uh, because they, they got a long way to go before they need to make an impact here, especially a lot of them. Even if that is on September 2nd, uh, you know, in, in the opener, there's still a long ways for them to 
to get better, develop, get acclimated to the college game. But regardless, excited to see all the new guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's hard for me to pinpoint someone who, like, again, this might even go into my next pick, so I won't uh, I won't spoil it too much. But Josiah Stewart is someone who, you know, there are certain people in NFL draft circles, which I'm not a draft Nick by by any stretch of the imagination, but I keep tabs, and that's someone who a lot of people think that, you know, had he been draft eligible, might be might have been a day two pick this year. That's the type of talent he has. You know, he's got a relentless motor. He's someone who, um, you know, was very productive as a true freshman, mind you. It's at Coastal Carolina, but uh, so so in terms of newcomers, he's probably the guy for me. And, and I guess I'll just kind of spin it into my you know the next pick if that's all right. And that's just yes. the pass rush rotation in general. I mean, a lot of, they lost a lot of snaps out of that group, which is crazy because you know it feels like like Jalen Harrell's back, uh, Braden McGregor's back, Derek Moore's back. Uh, you replace a guy like Yabi Oki with Josiah Stewart, which is an upgrade. Um, but still, there's a lot of there's a lot of snap production that's lost with that. Uh, so guys are going to move up. Guys are going to have opportunities. Uh, Braden McGregor, I think by far has been maybe the most buzzed about pass rusher so far in spring camp, or I say so far it's almost over, but um, we got a chance to talk to him a few weeks ago. And, and, you know, he looks, he looks rocked up. He's got like a superhero. He's got like the Batman jaw now. Um, so that guy is, uh, I, I feel like he's on the verge of putting it together. Um at least physically looks the part. I know body type wise, he looks a lot like Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I think the joke used to be that they would call him baby Aiden. Listen, Aiden Hutchinson might be the best pure pass rusher uh, or maybe not the best pure pass rusher, but maybe one of the best players ever to play at Michigan. So I'm not going to keep those comparisons out of McGregor, but you know, it, there's a lot to like in the way he looks and the way he plays. And he flashed a lot last year. Uh, now it's about finishing plays and putting it all together. And, uh, that would be you know him specifically, but really just how that pass rush gets there in general to me is intriguing. And, you know, we'll see, maybe even tie it into the defensive defensive line as a whole. Just if you can get there a little bit more without sending guys, you know, Jesse Minter can get exotic with some of the pressures that he sends, but if you don't have to send the pressures, you know, from a unique spot and guys are just manhandling them, you know, whoever's in front of them. I mean, that's, they're going to be in really good shape, and that will have ripple effects on the rest of this defense. For sure. I had that on my list as well, pass rush. Excited to see kind of who stands out. I mean, Josiah Stewart, you touched on. I touched on earlier with the transfers, but uh, that's going to be a guy that I think uh, I'm going to be really watching closely. Braden McGregor, they talk about you know how much he's in better shape this year, uh, how he could be the guy that's going to be a monster, a freak, all those words uh, that guys are you know using to describe him. Uh, you know, so want to see that. And then, you know, who's going to come out of nowhere, I think is, uh, you know, something that could could be something at the edge rusher spot as well, because it feels like, you know, at this time last year, I didn't think Mike Morris was going to lead the team in sacks. By the midway point, it was like, yeah, this is obvious. He's easily their best pass rusher. So a guy is going to make a big leap. It could be McGregor. It could be someone else. All right, let's rip through some more storylines here. I think this is my third pick. Um, I'm going to keep this one simple and we don't have to talk much about it, but just the injuries, uh, you know, kind of wish that we were going to get to see some more guys, some of the top names on this team. Uh, but unfortunately, I do not expect us to see Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, Will Johnson, Junior Colson, Cole Cabana, uh, the transfers we talked about before, Miles Hinton and Drake Nugent. Uh, and then there's others that could be banged up too, right? I think they practice 
on Friday. I mean, if you get if you have some sort of tweak, I think this coaching staff's going to hold you out, and I think that would be the smart move because ultimately this game doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter at all in the win loss column, and you know it matters for some of the young guys to kind of prove themselves. But a lot of the vets, if if you have anything ailing you, I think you're going to be held out here. But it does it does take away a little bit of luster from the game, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to play with bumps and bruises in a game like this. Like they need, they need these guys in October. I mean, yeah, late September. You want everyone healthy for the season opener. But uh, you know, going back to the comment about needing your guys at their best from a development standpoint for late in the year, you also need guys at their best, um, you know, being healthy too. And my thing with with health and injuries, I think something you could argue maybe. I won't say derailed Michigan season last year, but Mike Morris wasn't as effective after getting hurt. Obviously there was the injury to Blake Corum, which, you know, I think if you have him, I think you're probably playing in that last game on Monday night uh, to end the season. But yeah. So again, I'm not all that broken up about guys, not playing veterans, not playing anyone with, you know, Nick's not playing. Uh, let, let's, let's have guys, the one thing it seems they've been able to avoid so far and knock on knock on wood if you're if you're near it uh, is you've avoided the injury where uh, well we don't know that he's back for fall camp everything we've heard so far about these guys that aren't playing is that you know it's it's relatively minor some guys have just been getting you know had a couple procedures just to clean some stuff up um, you know be at your best for November and December as opposed to you know April 1st Right. This one's just the only disappointing part is one that, you know, these guys are a little nicked up and two viewer standpoint. That's it. You know, not a big deal. Um, What is your next pick? My next pick is going to be something we sort of touched down. Uh, It's the backup quarterback battle. I think that Davis Warren, he's on scholarship now. Everyone by this point knows his story, know what he's been through. You know, didn't see him a lot in high school because of, of, uh, going through cancer treatments and then going uh, the, the COVID pandemic wiped out his senior season. Um, he's on scholarship now was primarily the backup quarterback to JJ McCarthy last year after Cade McNamara was, uh, was injured. Uh, but Jack Tuttle comes in from Indiana, someone who has experienced big 10 football has started big 10 games and the stats aren't sexy, but uh, you know, you bring in a guy like that to push, someone like Warren. And right now, I mean, Tuttle, it sounds like he's making the push uh, for that second job. So uh, to me, that's incredibly important. I mean, when you're a team with championship aspirations, I mean, there just might be, you don't, you're you're not expecting or wishing ill will on JJ McCarthy at any point, but there might be a game or a drive or a sequence where one of those guys has to come in and make a play. And uh, I think we'll probably, most of this game, we'll probably see them, uh, we'll see Alex Orgy. We'll see Jaden Denegal. Um, I'm sure we'll see some of the walk-on guys later on. But uh, that backup quarterback battle, you know, Michigan's had this lineage lately of the backup quarterback maybe being your starter a year or two years down the road. Uh, I don't know that that guy is on this roster, but still an incredibly important uh, position to be in. So I'll be interested in seeing what those guys are able to accomplish. And especially for Davis Warren, right? I mean, we're going to get to compare what we saw in the spring game last year from him, which was really exciting, to what we're going to see this year. We saw him a little bit throughout the season a year ago uh, last fall, and, you know, he looked pretty good at times as well. And then Jack Tuttle, just 
yeah, I mean, I've watched games where Jack Tuttle has been in, uh, you know, on TV when he was at Indiana. But let's see what this version of him would be. Um, and largely, as you kind of mentioned, so, you know, we talked about J.J. earlier. It's like I think he's going to get three, four, five drives. That's it. He's done. And then it's going to be those two kind of going at it for a while. And then they'll probably go with – and maybe they'll sprinkle in Alex Orgy, uh, you know, throughout. But then they'll probably go with Denegal and, and the rest of the guys on the depth chart. Um, but this is – probably going to be a Davis Warren Jack Tuttle like whoever plays better their team probably wins like I mean it may not be the case necessarily but last year Davis Warren was fantastic and Alan Bowman his team actually finished off their drives with touchdowns and I think that team won doesn't matter who wins but I think those guys are going to get competitive about it and they're in a competition right now and I think it'll be fun to see um so that's a good pick I'm going to go with one here and it's just kind of a, a class in general just the sophomores like there are some sophomores on this team that obviously had a huge impact last year, Will Johnson. We talked about him more in Walker, you know, is kind of in that mold where, um, you know, he's, he's trying out this new position. He could be a potential X factor for this defense, but I'm talking more about the sophomores. We haven't seen a whole lot of yet and where they're at in their development, if they could potentially impact this season. So a, a list of guys that I, that I just kind of wrote down here, Zeke Barry uh, at the safety spot, you know, haven't heard a lot of, about him after his hit uh, that was really impressive in the UConn game last year. Keon Sab, uh, apparently his little brother is visiting. He's a top recruit. He has a couple brothers that are recruits, one of them being a 2027, which is insane to even say that. Um, but yeah, just decided to see Keon. He was a guy I was watching pretty close uh, a year ago at this time. Jimmy Rolder at the linebacker spot. Micah Pollard also at that spot. We heard a lot of good things about Micah behind the scenes last year, but he was just a little bit undersized to play that position in games. He did play some special teams, but I want to see how those guys develop. Marlon Klein at tight end. Uh, there are others that I'm missing. Certainly offense alignment like Andrew Gentry. Uh, want to see him move around. Want to see how they compete. Want to see you know, how they look in comparison to the other guys on the field that we know are going to be playing. And you know, maybe that'll give us a little bit of uh, some insight into where they're at right now in their development. Yeah, freshman to sophomore year you're, is often um, it's often where guys take their biggest leap. Now it's not always where guys have their breakout seasons, but it is where guys physically take a leap. It's where you mentally take a leap. You've been through um, you know an entire season now or an entire off season of the rigors of of football and and the play speed and all of those type of things. So for me, I think that. Uh, the soft this sophomore class and really the 2021 and 2022 classes are a nice little nucleus for you know a lot of people see this year as maybe the third part of a three-part trilogy i mean i think a lot of these guys will be back next year too and it'll be the core of next year's team so you know what you get out of the out of this sophomore class i don't think it's a stretch to say that that's going to be what determines you know how much long we expect Michigan will keep winning at this clip over the next few years, but in order for that to happen, the the ceiling and the floor of that is dependent on what these this sophomore class does, in my opinion. So, um, good returns, good uh, good buzz on a lot of those guys right now, and we'll see what ultimately winds up happening. But uh, yeah, all the guys you named, second year guys, really interested in seeing how they take another uh, the next level of their development, I should say. To kind of further your point, I mean, think of all the guys that are going to leave after this season and what next year, like a guy like Keon Sab right now, he doesn't need to play. They got plenty of safeties. But next year, 
you know, he may be forced into that role. And we know that just because you don't have a ton of experience, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't emerge and become a really good player for this team. You mentioned it earlier with, you know, guys like, uh, you know, I think Chris Jenkins, you, you might have mentioned Chris Hinton as well. Like, you know, they weren't playing a ton early on in their careers. And then once they become sophomores, juniors, you know, upperclassmen, they're able to kind of make that jump, even without getting a ton of run early on. And really, you want it to be this way. You want those guys to have the requisite time to learn under guys that are playing at an extremely high level. Michigan certainly has that right now in terms of depth. Um, so, yeah, excited to see those guys. What What is uh, your this your last pick? I think. Yeah, fifth and final one. Um, it's not really a st- – I don't know if it's a storyline, but – I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Jim Harbaugh comes in as like the the special guest referee and adds a rule or sends another team back out there to try something again. Or it's just, it was very entertaining last year to watch him just kind of get into the huddle or, or go over to the referee and tell him to put X amount of minutes back on the clock to rep this. Cause it was all walk-ons in at one point last year in the game. And he added like an extra three minutes to the fourth quarter. It's like, wait a minute, we all kind of want to get out here, get out of here, and watch the final four. But uh, it's Jim Harbaugh's fantasy fantasy world, right? That's what this is basically—a spring game. He loves it. Yeah, the the old stories of him playing like games of baseball by himself by like throwing a ball up against a brick wall. Like this is just that to another level. Like <laughs> this is his playground and his sandbox. So, um, it, I, you hope that. You hope that uh, there's going to be something he does. Uh, we have a little bit longer of a walk to the press box uh, than usual uh, or from the press box to media after the game because they're still renovating the scoreboard. So that'll be interesting to navigate. But, um, you know, if we have a day's journey ahead of us and he's still got, you know, um, I'm just throwing a name out there. He's wants to stop a play because he didn't like how Declan Bile took the snap. Um, no offense to Declan Bile. No, just it's a name. Uh, I think Declan follows me on Twitter, so shout out to Declan. But um, yeah, just the the wackiness of the spring game is also. Uh, I know some some of the curmudgeons get put off by it, but to me, it's it's endearing because why the hell not? Anthony, you know I'm not a, a smart person. Um, that's, that's not true. That's that's on record. Obviously, I think we had a blunder here. I think we missed a key storyline that I'm going to round this whole thing out with. And it's the wide receivers that are going to emerge. A guy like Tyler Morris, who has created a lot of buzz, and you wrote about this morning. Uh, Go check that out at thewolverine.com. Players that are building spring buzz heading into this inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, Tyler Morris is one of them. Darius Clemens is another guy that gets mentioned. And another guy that I think people are curious to see where he's at, Um, you know, he, it goes along with kind of my sophomore storyline that we just talked about, but I think those guys deserve a little bit of a, a separate, um, not separate shine, but, you know, topic because uh, those two, um, and then even if you extend it to this, where guys like AJ Henning, guys like Roman Wilson and guys like Cornelius Johnson, where are they at? I mean, there's no Ronnie Bell. Uh, they can't just be what they've been throughout the, their careers. Um, you know, I, I think we, they need, Uh, Michigan needs those guys to take a next step, you know, and I think probably the guy that is most likely to do that is Roman Wilson. Uh, And I want to see the ways in which they get him the ball, uh, the way they use AJ Henning. I kind of think that we're past the whole Debo Samuel thing, Uh, but maybe in a spring game, that's, that's a decent venue for them to to try that out. But um, 
it's just kind of the wide receivers in general. Um, you know, we hit on it with JJ and, you know, the chemistry that those guys are going to build. But where have those guys grown themselves individually? Where is that unit at right now? And it's because it's a key one going into this year. And then you could also extend it to, to tight ends and, and Colston Loveland and all those guys. But more specifically, I want to see who comes out of this and heads into the summer and feels the best about themselves, whether that's Tyler Morris, Darius Clemens, those types of guys. Wide receivers, I think that's a that's a storyline that makes sense to me. I am frustrated that we overlooked that because it was something I was thinking. We are having some technical difficulties today. Had a couple of restarts, and, and I think it just escaped my brain here. But uh, the wide receivers, you know, Cornelius Johnson coming back for a fifth year, that he's a known commodity. I think we know that he's probably a guy that – um, on his best days, probably good for three or four catches a game. That can be solid as a number two in this offense. Um, if he's your number one, I start having some questions about what the other guys are doing. I think the sophomores that we've discussed, Darius Clemens, Tyler Morris, how they step up uh, is going to do a lot to raise the ceiling or leave it where it is of this wide receiver group. Roman Wilson, uh, not a lot of people, I don't think people have talked about as much, but you know, he kind of came out guns blazing that first three or four games of the year. And then we really didn't hear much from him until, you know, he had that big game in the college football playoffs. So, uh, you know, Roman being a guy that, um, you know, I think you look for him to be your Ronnie Bell replacement, being a guy that, you know, I think he can play a little outside receiver. I think with his skill set, he can uh, do some things out of the slot. Um, so the wide receivers, absolutely. I mean, they they need a pass catcher to emerge somewhere. I think Colston Loveland is a safe bet. I think you're going to get some good production out of AJ Barner, uh, Colston, uh, uh, Cornelius Johnson. I think, like I said, you kind of know what he is. Uh, he might kind of disappear a time or two, but um, you know, a big in a big moment or a big game, we've seen him make some plays. So, yeah, it's it's weird that that wasn't higher on either of our list, but it is. You know, we we're looking for style points and things to be interesting because these spring games can be such a slog at times. I think uh, the wide receivers, you know, have, are going to have a say in what that winds up looking like. Yeah. Um, no doubt. So those are our 10 spring game storylines. We probably missed some big ones because again, I'll, I'll put it on all on me. I'm an idiot. I'm not smart. <laughs> um, so yeah, but yeah, we got through 10, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes of it. We'll have plenty of coverage over at the Wolverine.com of the spring game. Come say hi if you are at the pep rally before. Hope to see a lot of our subscribers out there. Um, let's move over to the basketball side of things. Michigan getting a commitment. Nirmari Burnett, it all comes first full circle. Uh, former Michigan basketball target. Um in the original recruiting process a couple cycles ago. Before we get to that, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks. It's still college basketball season. We got the Final Four this weekend. We got the NBA, uh, and we got MLB picking up as well. It's opening day as we speak. Anthony has his Tigers hat on. Go Tigers. Rebuild is over. Um, there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team like the Detroit Tigers then by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers at Prize Picks. You aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes 
NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and many more. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. Uh, you simply select two to five players, predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, I'm going Final Four. Uh, a couple teams that have stolen my heart here over the last couple weeks and really last weekend are San Diego State, who I'm always rooting for with Brian Dutcher, their former Michigan assistant. And then Miami uh, has just uh, – I mean, they're just so fun to watch with their guards, the way they can score the ball. So I got Matt Bradley, San Diego State guard, more than 12 and a half points. Um, might be a little risky there. San Diego State struggles to score, but I think that's a decent projection for him. And then I have Jordan Miller, who was fantastic in that comeback win over Texas. I got him more than 14 and a half points for the Hurricanes. And I hope that those two teams are playing each other in the national title game on Monday night. Be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm all for the parody in college basketball. Uh, it's been it's been a minute. So uh, I'm sticking with Major League Baseball opening day for the entire league on Thursday. Uh, Tigers, of course, shout out to the Tigers. Uh, shout out to Javier Baez. I hope that I'm wrong on this pick, but I have him at less than one and a half hits plus runs plus RBI. And then Shohei Otani uh, in the late game against the Oakland Athletics. I have him more than one and a half hits plus runs, plus RBIs. So uh, baseball's back. Uh, I, I have hopes that my team will be good because there's nothing there's nothing better than having, you know, a baseball team that's in the thick of things. And, you know, it's a, it's a daily grind. It's a daily step. That's kind of like your ride or die team when things are going right. So uh, I have hope for that. But if not, you know, these prize picks will, will get me through uh, best they can. For sure. And there is Angels playing Oakland. Is that right? They are, yes. They have to, yeah, you got to be extremely careful throwing uh, pitching to Shohei Otani. But download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 into your account. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. That is the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com. Use the code Wolverine uh today and join them over there so let's talk michigan basketball breaking news as we were going through our spring uh storylines but michigan basketball lands who will be a junior guard nirmari burnett out of alabama he started his career his first season at texas tech this is a guy that Jawan howard recruited heavily originally uh, a few cycles ago in the recruiting process Michigan lands him now and adds to what, you know, is kind of a lacking guard depth. Uh, but this is a big pickup for Michigan. If you look at Nomari Burnett's stats, uh, they're not necessarily eye-popping. He averaged 5.6 points, two rebounds, uh, less than an assist per game last season. You have to remember a couple things. One, he was on an absolutely loaded Alabama roster. That was the favorite to win the national title coming into the NCAA tournament. Of course, they lose to Brian Dutcher in San Diego State in the Sweet 16. Um, but this is a guy that was highly touted coming out of high school, number 29 overall player in the country in 2020, according to the On3 industry ranking. Uh, he also was slowed by a wrist injury this season as well, but he hit multiple three-pointers in seven games. Doesn't have a super great clip uh, from three. I'm looking at his Ken Palm page right now. 
32.1% on 84 attempts, so 27 of 84. Uh, not necessarily fantastic there, but he does have potential as a shooter. Two-point numbers, just decent at 19 of 41, 46.3%. But you got to remember that the sample size was a little bit smaller. Uh, you got to remember that he is going to be a year older uh, and, and develop uh, under Juwan Howard here when he gets to campus. Uh, and then one more note before I get your reaction, Anthony, on this is, yes, you may be thinking he already transferred here to use his one-time transfer. Will he be eligible for Michigan? Uh, according to an article I have pulled up here from TuscaloosaNews.com, he is slated. Uh, and if this is still his plan, then this is going to be what happens. But he is slated to get enough credits to graduate this summer from Alabama and then move to his new school, which looks like now it will be Michigan. Um, so he'll be a graduate transfer and immediately eligible if things play out the way he planned to. Uh, and this article was written just yesterday on March 29th. So uh, in him discussing his transfer there this season, but he said he loved his time in Alabama, um, you know, but, but is looking for something new. And Jawan Howard had that pre-existing relationship. And here he is adding now to a Michigan roster in an, an ever important off season. Yeah. And it's funny how things come full circle. And, um, in one of Juwan Howard's first ever press conferences. I was going to bring this uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is why he was still recruiting Hunter Dickinson and some other guys, but he name dropped Namari Burnett in a press conference and Michigan's SID immediately uh, all the color leaves his face and he steps out in the hallway to send text messages and make a phone call. You can't name recruits by name. Obviously Juwan was new, uh, new to the job then and, yeah, and they self-reported. They self-reported, and it was behind it was, him quickly. But very funny moment, and the fact that Normar Burnett, I think Isaiah Todd was in that group, maybe it was, Hunter. Uh, uh, it was. I, I just pulled up the quote. It was he named uh, Hunter Dickinson, Moses Moody, uh, Moses Moody, and Namari Burnett. Um, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was back when Jawan actually like liked talking to us. So that was. Those were good times, but yeah, uh, I, I wonder. I wonder if this means what I think it means. Re Kobe Bufkin, you know the recent buzz. Yeah, I want to bring that, that up too. Yeah. Suggests that it might be, um, you know, he kind of might be a two and, and done. And if so, I mean, all you know, best of luck to him. Um, if you're going to the transfer portal, I mean, I, I think Namari Burnett is probably no one's going to replace Kobe Bufkin, but I mean, a, a former fringe five star guy. Uh, you look at his stats. I mean, he's played about 15 minutes a game in his career. You'd have to think if he's a start, like he's probably going to double that. So you're looking at a guy that can probably score 11, 12 points a game. Um, you'd like to see him shoot a little bit more from th or a little bit better from three point range, uh, especially, uh, you know, assuming he'd be playing the two guard spot. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that. Burnett is going to give them a guard that has a little bit of size. I mean, Kobe six, four uh, Burnett is six, four, uh, you don't, you look at some of the other guard options in the transfer portal and it's guys that are six foot or six one, or, you know, these Ivy league transfers that move up. Um, I don't think it, it's good. It would be good news for Michigan to have, you know, a five eleven point guard playing next to, you know, a six, a six foot shooting guard or what have you. So to have that length there is important. Um, you know, he just hasn't had the chance to play a lot of basketball only played 12 games at Texas tech, uh, came off the bench started or he started nine games at Alabama this past year. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all about opportunity and it's, it's about growth and 
Uh, obviously, got to stay healthy. That's that's a big part of it too. But it, it's a good pickup. I, I when it was announced he was going to be in the portal, I tweeted out uh, you know to keep an eye on that one with you know the the Chicago connection in the back of my head uh, with him and Juwan, and mm-hmm. it came together quickly. All right, I mean it was less than a day later. So and they're not done yet either. Uh, they started to add some other guys to the board, and you know when Juwan. The one thing about Jawan Howard is that when he runs the point on a recruitment, announcements tend to come out of nowhere. So, you know, we're going to put a, another an updated transfer portal board out, but um, you, there are going to be guys like Namari Burnett. We The ink wasn't even dry on one I was putting together, and Burnett's in the class. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's a good pickup. I think it's premature to, to say what his role might be. Um, who knows? Maybe Kobe comes back and you run a three guard lineup out there. I think that's on the table, but yeah, uh, yeah I, there's no bad options here in my opinion. Yeah. So he played some three last year for them was mostly a two, but again, I mean, it was in limited minutes and I think that, you know, he's versatile. Jawan Howard likes that he can play different spots. I think, you know, maybe it is an indication that Kobe Bufkin's gone. I think it's more of a security, you know, t- blanket type of thing where it's like, if Kobe does end up leaving, and again, I think we may end up wait, uh, waiting on Kobe until that May 31 deadline or maybe, you know, a week before that sort of thing. But where you go through the combine, you see where your stock's at, then you make your final decision from there. I would expect him to declare, test the process. I mean, it'd be pretty stunning if a guy who has first round, you know, a first round projection doesn't do that. Um you know, especially with some of the buzz that's coming out. So I would expect Kobe to do that. You still wait on him and there's always going to be a spot for Kobe Bufkin, but you can't wait around. Uh, if you have a guy like Nirmari Burnett that you like, that you have a relationship with that has mutual interest and that can play, then you go after him and get him. Uh, thinking right now about the guard situation for Michigan, you have Doug McDaniel there. You could bring back Jalen Llewellyn. That would have to be mutual choice. I think that, um, you know, Michigan would take him if he wanted to come back, but they they're working on getting him healthy at this point. Um, you have, Nermari Burnett, you have the potential of bringing back Kobe Bufkin. Depends on how you label some other guys like Yusef Kayat, uh, like a Jace Howard, like a Joey Baker, who's technically listed as a guard, but more of a wing. Um, so now you have some options. I mean, you still want – the thing is, like, if this is a one-for-one one thing and Kobe leaves and Nermari Burnett comes in and that's about all you do uh, and Jalen Llewellyn doesn't come back, then you're in the same spot in terms of depth, depth that you were – Last year, you still want either Llewellyn or another guy that could play in the backcourt if he needed to. And based on Michigan's activity in the transfer portal, like you were talking about and looking at the transfer board, they realize that. Um, and, you know, so but it always is interesting once you get a guy uh, what the next steps are and what we notice about what Michigan's doing in the portal after that. So if they continue to go after some of these guards that they're in on, uh, then it could you know tell us maybe more about Kobe, but also more about. Llewellyn or where just the guard depth is going to be in general but man that's all I got under Mari Burnett um an exciting pickup for Michigan I think uh you know reading the room on the message board over at the wolverine.com uh people are excited to uh one that they moved pretty quickly here and two that they're adding to their backcourt but uh, anything else on Nermari? uh not much else to add on him uh the other thing I'll say kind of in conjunction with this uh Jake Weingarten reported that St. John's transfer AJ Store uh, has had some contact with Michigan as well. Store is a guy who uh, 
he, he just finished his true freshman season at St. John's coaching change there. Rick Pitino's there. Rick Pitino basically says, Hey, I'm basically flipping this entire roster. So if you're not into it, maybe look somewhere else. AJ store does played 33 games this year, started 17 shot 43.4% from the field, 40% from three, which I like uh, 8.8 points per game. So uh, he's six, six, 200 pounds. So it's probably a guy that you'd be looking at to play the three. So to me, if, the, if if you have a starting lineup that features Doug McDaniel, Namari Burnett, let's say that they land AJ Store. Right? It's way early for that. Um, you know, you got to figure out the four still. Hunter Dickinson and part of it too. Again, now I'm just kind of my brain's all over the place. But you know, maybe maybe the decision for guys like Hunter Dickinson and Kobe Bufkin, if you're making the pitch, listen, last year was unacceptable. We're not going to let it happen again. We're going to plug this hole with. Uh, you know, with Namari Burnett, who Hunter should know, they came up through the same recruiting class. Um, Store, I should say, uh, also an Illinois guy. He's from Rockford, which I think is like an hour north or so from Chicago. So another Illinois guy. Um, all of a sudden, I kind of like how this board's shaking out for them. Kind of feels like they're trending in the right direction with BJ Mack. Um, yeah, kind of big forward center combo. Don't know if he's he's a starter, but. Um, you know, all of a sudden the board's coming together and, and uh, yeah, Burnett's a good start. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, it'd be great to land these transfers and then also get your guys back. And then all of a sudden the depth, you know, depth is a huge issue. Uh, all of a sudden your depth issue is addressed, but I don't think that's going to be what happens, but um, you know, right now piecing things together because the transfer portal is, is patchwork, you know, your recruiting is is the drywall, the drywall job, but the patchwork you do, you fix a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's it's like a home improvement project, right? I think we talked about that recently on one of these. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I like where things are at right now, though. So, no doubt, um, we're gonna end it there. That is gonna be our show. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching. One more reminder. Uh, Go Tigers, as Anthony is drinking out of a Tigers water bottle, wearing a Tigers hat. Uh, go Tigers. But also give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Like the video. Subscribe to our channel as we climb towards uh, as we climb towards 22,000 subscribers. Um, and subscribe to our podcast feed as well. Also a reminder that we are doing our spring ball special only until Monday over at thewolverine.com. You get premium access to all of our content over there for $10 for just four months. So join us over there and get all of our coverage on Michigan basketball, football, and recruiting 24-7 around-the-clock coverage. And we will see everyone next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.